or friends and coworkers. Today, KPFK offers you a chance to make a difference in our wider community. Your donation helps make our community a better place. Please choose to make a difference now by making a contribution when you visit kpfk.org or when you call 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. You're listening to KPFK, 90.7 FM, Los Angeles. The time now is 1 p.m. From the icy cold curves of Angeles Crest Highway to the sunny shores of PCH and beyond, this is The Car Show, broadcasting every Saturday on 90.7 KPFK FM Los Angeles for the last 51 years. The show is almost as old as I am. Uh, I am your humble host, Mark Vaughn, from AutoWeek.com. I am joined this week and every week by my favorite co-hosts in the world, Michelle Spencer, our Orange County Bureau Chief a radio veteran, a practicing attorney, and an owner of not one, but two Miatas. Uh, no, wait, two Mazdas, a Miata, and an RX-8. Welcome, Michelle. Hey, thank you, Mark. Glad to be with you. And our other good friend here, a race car driver, a motorcyclist, and another automotive journalism veteran who broadcasts in both English and Spanish, host of Garage Latino on Believe Network, 20th year there, current president of Hispanic Motor Press, Ricardo Rodriguez Long. Muy buenas tardes, amigos y amigas. Un placer nuevamente de estar con ustedes. No, you did not mix your channels. You are on KPFK. Well, KPFK broadcasts a lot in Spanish. They have a lot of shows in Spanish. So, you know, you are you have a home here, shall we say. Uh, okay, so we're going to get right into it because there's a lot going on. There is a lot that has been going on. And uh, haven't stuck my head outside of the studio. Maybe the rain stopped. Who knows? Uh, we're going to start out. Michelle has got us a count cal- is going to have a calendar item for us down in her territory. Michelle. Yes. Down here in Orange County, uh, even though it's winter, we still have all our cars and coffees and other events going on down here and coming up tomorrow morning, Sunday, February 11th, getting underway at 730, ending at 930. And I have to say on this one, the uh, the cutoff is pretty, uh, they stick to that. Uh, people bail. So don't get to, there too late. Uh, try to get there. I usually get there around 8 o'clock. It's the Cars and Coffee at Flight Legacy. The theme for tomorrow is red cars. The Because? The, because of Valentine's Day coming Valentine's up next Day. week. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the cars you will see there is Steve Foster's Ferrari P34 used in the film Ford versus Ferrari. Is that a real Ferrari? Uh, no, it is not. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's okay. I, I saw one uh, up at uh, the last time. It was a couple, several years ago. I went to uh, Concorso Italiano up in uh, Pebble Beach, Monterey. And they had one there, and I thought, wow, it's a P3, P4, whatever. And I ran over there, and the closer you looked, yeah, no, it's not really. But it still has the cool look, so that'd be worth driving down just for that alone. It has the cool look, and it was used in the movie, so it's Hollywood history. Yep. Any of the red cars are welcome. Uh, I'd love to see some little red Corvettes, personally, please. Now, now you put that ear bug in the earworm we're going to be singing that song and i want that i want some little red corvettes preferably before 1960 thank you very much okay and uh this is at 1705 flight way in tustin and that's right next to the lions uh lion museum right very close by yes not lion's drag strip that's a completely separate museum uh lion air what is it air museum or something like yes right yeah so uh, right there it's on the north side of the John Wayne Airport. Do we still call it John Wayne or we call it, it Orange County? It okay. is John Wayne Airport, uh, hopefully for the duration. 
But yeah, it's very close to the airport. Um, you can get off at Red Hill to get there. Okay, good. Uh, is there a website? They do not have a website. They just go on secret. Facebook and Instagram. It's secret stuff. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so you can go to, uh, if you have Instagram and Facebook, just go to Flight Legacy Cars and Coffee. That's the search term. Very good. I've been to it. I liked it. Um, I think I even had an interesting press car the time I went down there. So I sort of kind of halfway fit in until they found out I didn't own the thing. So anyway. So speaking of red cars, we're going to continue on. Zimmerman Automobile Driving Museum has Sunday Sweetheart Valentine's Rides on February 11th. That's at the Zimmerman Automobile Driving Museum in El Segundo. You can call, you can uh, online, you can book ahead, automobiledrivingmuseum.org. And then from there, you can go down to uh, make an an appointment or book a drive. So you and your certain special someone can get a drive around in a classic, usually they're classic American cars, big, comfortable, classic American cars. Very nice. Uh, It's unique in that regard in the Los Angeles area, the Zimmerman Automobile Driving Museum. It is located at 610 Lairport Street in El Segundo, California. Lairport is spelled just like you would if you were a French revolutionary. L-A-I-R-P-O-R-T in El Segundo. So that's on February 11th couple days before the actual Valentine's Day. So it could be a surprise. Baby, baby, I got you a real special thing. And then you go, a car, a ride in a car. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I think it'll work out a lot better than that. The lovely cars there. And uh, even if you don't get the ride, you can still walk around, look at the museum. The museum is one of those things that's donations only. So if you're a cheapskate, what the heck? Uh, Now that museum is just literally almost next door to Mattel where is the right. home of Hot Wheels. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And sometimes there's there's a lot of interesting things just spark on the streets that that belong to to Mattel. This is true. Um, yeah. and don't forget that the there's really cool stuff in their gift shop. Like if you're gonna go on a Route 66 trip, they have all kinds of handbooks in there about Route 66 and historical things. Very nice. All who's right, going and- to be who's going to be my co driver on the Route 66 event that I'm going to be uh, doing in March. Oh, if I was oh. between jobs, I'd jump on that. <laughs> when is it? When are you doing that? March, I think it's March 15 to whatever the Wednesday. So I don't know the seven. So March oh, 20, like, 21. Oh, like a week. Uh, yes. Come on. Oh, yeah. some, some of us have jobs, you know? Yeah. You got to do a week, <laughs> we Mark. Uh, yeah. This, uh, we do not have the uh, leisurely gentleman uh <laughs> Farmer style of yeah lifestyle, but uh, that sounds like fun. So you can talk about that when you get back from that one. Yes, and I have places that I'm going to make you go to because (laughs) I have heard so much about these places to stop on on the way there and the way back. Are you going to do just one way and then fly back, or what are you going to do? No, I'm driving my '65 Mustang and come back. Back and forth. Yes. Wow. Oh, that's going to be great, Ricardo. And it's supposed fun. to be another at least 20 or 30 cars. I, I don't know the entry yet, but it, it was going to be a fun event. Ooh. Oh, good. Another fun event. Michelle, what do we got coming we up? We have, all right. So there's a group who posts a lot of crazy videos on YouTube called Donut Media. They're very popular. In, very, yes. very popular. So they have uh, decided that they're going to do a cruise in. This is their first one at the Peterson it's going to be February 18th, 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock in the morning. So you can expect a lot of things like um, they have a Civic that they put a $10,000 engine into. Uh, And then they have all kinds of, it looks to me like foreign cars that they mess around with. And so if you want to get an idea to see if this is your jam or not, just go to Donut Media's YouTube and check out some of their videos and you'll get an idea. I think they, they do a great job, you know, with the youth. Um, I've seen a lot of cars that they modify and they also try to, in a funny way, I will say, uh, they try to educate some of the younger guys that, uh, you know, what's the difference between a thousand dollars, 
you know, set of wheels and a 10,000, you know, and, and then they have installed all kinds of shocks in the same car to test them and you can see literally how they fall apart. So, and they do a lot of funny stuff. So they're very, very popular. I give them a lot of credit for what they're doing. It is impressive. I'm uh, I'm most impressed with Donut Media how they edit their videos. Uh, it's just it's like it's not choppy, but it's quick, and there's a lot of like pop up stuff. It's just, it keeps yep. you entertained all the way through. No matter how narrow your attention span is, you will be able to watch the entire thing, which is really an accomplishment in this day and age of TikTok and other such outlets. <laughs> Thank you. That's well funny. said, Mark. <laughs> but. That's not all that's going on at the Peterson. After that week, Ricardo, what's coming? Uh, in a couple of weeks, it's the Peterson is celebrating Enzo Ferrari's birthday, and there will be a cruise in, a Ferrari cruise in at the museum. I will imagine it will start probably 7, 38 o'clock, and uh, it, it gets full, uh, if, especially if the weather is nice. There will be a lot of nice Ferraris. Uh, a lot of new ones in, in the last couple of years, I've seen that sort of events shifting a little bit i think the classic ferraris are just getting too expensive to be driving around but regardless there is plenty of uh ferrari product in the la area so i'm sure it's going to be an, a nice exciting event i'm i've been uh i've somehow i got on the uh, ferrari club of america southwest region a mailing list and they are really uh, uh promoting this trying to get all their members to come out so it's nice to see, I, I mean, even if there are 355s and, you know, 328s and, and the more common Ferraris, uh, there are still a lot of cool uh, older ones and even like the very limited edition uh, new ones. So uh, it's it's always a good show there. I've been uh, several times the last several years when they've had this is an annual event at the Peterson and mm -hmm. it's free, right? You just uh, come in. The yes. museum museum entrance is not free. I think you have to pay whatever that's whatever that costs, but it's uh, it's worth it just to come and see all the cool uh, Ferraris. And you can park in the parking structure too. You don't necessarily, you know, the Ferraris are up on, I think, level three and yes. possibly level four. So uh, the first and second floor is just parking for people like you and I with Volkswagens. <laughs> and <So>. Miatas. <laughs> and Miatas. And I'm talking about Ferrari and Ferrari Club, I believe the event in Pasadena is coming back. Yeah, the uh, that is... Uh, Boy, I didn't have that ready here. I, but, I think uh, it's coming up. It's it's April or May, uh, but I think uh, it's, it's great. May. I th I think it's May. Uh, yeah, I think keep it's talking. A, I'll look. That's it up. a really really nice event, and I mean I enjoyed it because you could see a lot of collectors bringing their cars, and they close the streets so you can walk around the cars, and then you're surrounded by very nice restaurants so you can have a meal. Uh, and so far, they've done a great job. Unfortunately, after the pandemic. Uh, there was a lapse, but I'm so glad that they're coming back. I definitely yeah, they are be coming there. back. Um, I yep. still don't have the uh, the address. Well, I didn't know you were going to spring that on me, man. There is time. There is time. There is time. There is time. <laughs> it's it's there in May, time, so, so uh, it's a way it's a way off a ways yeah, off. Yeah. But they they uh, closed down Old Town. They they closed down Colorado Boulevard in Old Town for I think three blocks and have uh, all kinds of uh, cool cars there. Bruce Meyer brought his uh, race winning. Ferrari Testarossa there once. There's a guy brought a, a Formula One car one year. There's just a, always always something cool there to see. And, of course, you're in Old Town Pasadena, so there's lots to do there, too. So that's coming up in May. We'll get you the exact date. But uh, just across your calendar where it says May, just write, you know, Concorso Ferrari Pasadena. And uh, <laughs> then we'll narrow it down. We'll narrow it down later. But, okay, that was Italy. Now we're going to Germany. Michelle, you have a, uh, a gathering of well, certain German cars. Sure, yeah. On the same day, if you're not into the Ferraris, you might be into Porsches um, on Sunday, February 25th. And they're doing the all Porsche swap meet and car gathering that day at, at Boys Republic out in Chino. And that's the site where the 356 Club normally has the, the meet in June for Steve McQueen. Uh, so it's the same location. If you've been to that in June, you know where it is. Uh, so they're uh, having all kinds of parts available for purchase. They'll have tons of vendors, but you can bring any car you want. Uh, if you, you know, if you're into Volkswagens and they might have parts that you could get there. Um, if you want a little bit of information, go to 356club.org. 
they do charge admission and you do have to pay if you want to be a vendor. So that's where you'd need to go to register. Okay, good. And I've I've just found the page. Okay, we I still don't have the date for the Concourse of Ferrari. Don't in the meantime, plenty of time. If you're There's plenty of time. If you're too Oh, here it is. Sunday, May 5th, 2024, Colorado Boulevard and Old Pasadena Concorso Ferrari. Sunday, May 5th, 2024. Okay. And if you're too if you don't even want to get off the couch and leave the confines of your home, there's something you can watch on Netflix, right? For right, Ricardo? Yes, and I cannot believe we are into the sixth season of this Drive to Survive, which has been revolutionary in terms of attracting new fans to the top motorsports uh, racing series in the world. Uh, since the beginning, it, it just really show a lot of the background and a lot of editing. It's, it's an outstanding show. I like the show because of the editing, how they put it together, the sounds, uh, the stories, very, very cleverly done. So now in the sixth season, you know, uh, it's almost like something, if you're an F1 uh, fan, it's something that you're looking for. Yes, Mark. Max Verstappen was not happy with his portrayal in that. Yes, uh, I heard. He? And uh, yep. he said that the editing, which uh, Ricardo liked, uh, portrayed him as a villain. Well, there, there's always have to be a good guy and a bad guy. <laughs> uh, or contrived good guy, contrived bad guy. Oh, I mean, well, that's Hollywood. You know, Max is Max is not warm and cuddly, but, uh, you know, neither does he kick puppies. I mean, he's somewhere in between like we all are. So is, is this going to cover last season or does it start? It, yes, it, okay. it always covers the, the previous season. Got it. Sort oh, of a okay, preview so of what's coming. So yeah. they have uh, all those months to edit it all together, and now they're presenting it. Correct. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, Does they, it they, come they, out? Is it is like all at once? Can you binge yes. watch the whole thing? Oh, yes, you can. Right. You can do that. Yes. All right. Uh, and now, uh, weren't we saying last uh, last week that there was there is a similar uh, program for NASCAR coming up? There is. Yes. 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 And also, there were there were talks about an IndyCar. Uh, program similar to that that i actually i think it did happen last year and i think one of the featured drivers was uh, joseph uh, newgarden okay. oh yeah it was and he they showed him shirtless doing his workouts <clears throat> i can vouch for that <laughs> <laughs> okay it is already on netflix by the I, way it started right. last week all right, so, so New Garden, New Garden shirtless. Just Google that. Shootless, <laughs> shootless. See, I, shootless. this is what happens. I yeah, can't talk. Here. Michelle is too flustered to talk. So for our next item, oh, Michelle, this I have your name on the next item. You have really? To talk. I got to gather, gather it together. Suck it up. Stop Be professional. Thinking, stop thinking about. Tell us about the Pomona Joseph swap meet. New Come Garden. on. <laughs> Pomona swap meet is coming Sunday, March third. New Garden is not going to be there. Shut up. <laughs> but there'll be a whole bunch of hot rods there's going to be a whole bunch of vintage vws there'll be yes. a whole bunch of really cool slammed lowered uh, low riders there's going to be so much stuff at this show uh it's going to be from 5 a.m to 2 p.m they're expecting 2400 vendors with car parts and accessories and they're wow. calling it the West Coast's largest classic car marketplace. 2,400? 2,400 vendors. That's, that's what it says like on their typo? website. No, yeah, that's about right, yeah. It, it, it is impossible. I mean, if you were to go to the show, you have to decide what is it you're going to do, how many aisles are you going to go through, because it is impossible to walk it all through by you know, in just one day. It's just impossible. Yeah, they're There's saying so it's 15 things. miles worth of car show, and vendors i would hire somebody i would get one of those you know to see the guys pulling the wagons with their kids in it i would get an adult-sized wagon and hire somebody to pull me through that that, that would be the way <laughs> mm -hmm. but still you would not be able to cover everything i tell no. you it's yeah. just, just too big no so, i'll get one of those electric scooters you know and i'll yeah okay i that's my plan all right their their website says cars pickups hot rods low riders corvettes porsches street rods vws muscles and exotics Tricky stuff on the payment. Okay, follow me here. $15 admission, cash only. $18 parking, credit or debit only. 
couple of vendors. If, if you want to show your car or Ricardo, you're ready to sell something and you want to show it there, you have I'm to pay. I'm taking the 63 Ford pickup truck. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Wait, is it a Chevy? Uh, it's a four. It's a, a four. Okay. Side. If you want to show it, you have to pay $30 to register it cash only at the gate. So bring cash and credit cards. Bring both. So then I think one of one of the best thing is just get I think I don't remember what's the cutout in terms of the year, but I think if it's in, if it's the 1960s and older for sure, two people can get in with a for sale sign and says I'm going to show the car, you pay the 30 bucks and you know, you save on parking and ticket. Mm -hmm. So, more information and they you do confirm? check trunks by the way. They well, do check trunks in case put, there's other people in the back. You were going to put kids in the trunk? <laughs> Just like the drive-in movies back in the 50s. <laughs> Go to PomonaSwapMeet.com if you would like to get more details. It is a fun show. I've been to it. Ricardo's been to it a lot of times. It's it's fun. Just to Even yeah. if you don't need anything. You, I have a little key fob with uh, the Volkswagen logo. Remember the old uh, round oh, yes. VW logo? And I that is what is uh, attached to the key for my Eurovan. And I got it at that swap meet. So <laughs> you, you always end up with something that you did not, you didn't know you needed. You know, right. You like, always walk out with something. Last I like time to I was collect, oh, go ahead. I like to collect hubcaps, but what do you like? Uh, well, I almost bought this guy had a whole table full of uh, boat racing uh, trophies from the 70s and i thought i need those and that luckily i stopped myself did i hope your wife said no no mark <laughs> uh, a whole nother we could do a whole show on what spouses <laughs> approve of and don't approve of no, so, I, mean, I think mark between you and me we got plenty of those stories <laughs> just i can see in the background ricardo has all kinds of automotive memorabilia yeah. and you yeah. notice here i have none okay so <laughs> there you go so uh, that sounds like a really, I'll, really I'll fun. I'll buy it and I'll store it at Ricardo's house. That'll work. There you, there you go. Then she'll no, never no know. No, no, no one needs to know. All right. But uh, Ricardo has another show coming up. It's, it, uh, this is this a few we're, months we're, off. We're, yeah, this is going to be in April. But again, I'm just going to mention because the quality, the craftsmanship that it's put into these cars is just amazing. And sometimes I think... It's a little bit of misconception when people talk about low riders. They they have not really paid attention to what's on the hood. And well, we saw some of these cars actually at the Grand National Roaster Show. I mean, yeah, some of these which cars we'll be talking in, about in a minute. Yeah, it's just amazing the quality, the craftsmanship, the the paint jobs. It's just incredible. So coming up in April 27, 28 at the LA Convention Center, there will be a, it's an indoor festival. There will be some music, but the, the main thing will be a lowrider show and competition. And if you have not seen lowrider competition, never, this is your chance. It's one of those things that at least once in your life, you got to see these competitions because how, usually you talk about how fast this car, you know, zero to 60. Uh, this car is uh, how far up can my front axle go? You know, three Hop, feet, four The hopping feet. competition, yeah. <laughs> yes. These hopping competitions are just really, really cool. So something else to put in your calendar. April think, 27, 28 at the LA Convention Center. I think the most impressive thing about those cars are, are the uh, the murals you see uh, painted on the side. I don't know how they do that. It's uh, amazing stuff. So, yep. yeah, April 27, 28th, we'll be there. Uh, Michelle has something for the month after that. We're going way off into the future now. Mm. Well, yeah, this is just a save the date at this point, um, but up in Paso Robles, if you ever go up to the uh, Woodland Auto Museum, they also have there the Warbirds, it's called Estrella Warbirds uh, Museum. So they've got everything covered from you, the race cars to the airplanes. How do you there. pronounce that word? Ricardo? Estrella. Estrella. The Estrella like Warbirds Museum. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Well, it's a beautiful they, collection of airplanes, by the way. It's beautiful. It, and and it's, also, yeah, it's right. It's right off. Everybody drives up to Monterey or San Francisco. They go up the five. They cut across to the one on one, and you go right by it. So it's on your way anyway. Everybody, everybody kind of knows where this is. I think. Yeah, really nice place. Yeah, they just announced this week that they're going to be doing their Warbirds Wings and Wheels fifteenth year 
in conjunction with National Motor Fest in its second year at the museum on May 11th. And this is the first time that they've had these two together at the same time at the same location. And so all we have at this point is save the date. If you would like to keep yourself posted, you can go to ewarbirds.org. That's their website for details as they become available. Is there an actual airport there, a runway and everything? Uh, There is an airport nearby. It's it's not not right there, but it's very close. So they fly into that airport maybe and tow the things over? Or or maybe they taxi them down the road. That'd be cool. Big, huge propeller chopping up pedestrians. No, it wouldn't happen, I'm sure. They're much better, safer at that. All right. (laughs) And then as long as we're going out into the future, May 18th and 19th, Southern California Timing Association, the original place that uh, Wally Parks and all the old great uh, racers founded back. I think they founded it in the 30s. I think it was founded before World War II. They, they're going to have a race uh, at El Mirage, Dry Lake. Well, speed runs, not a race. So they go one at a time. It's very safe. But uh, that's another thing you got to see well, at least once before you pass on to hot rod heaven, whatever that may be. Uh, that's at El Mirage, Dry Lake. Um, but you have until May 18th and 19th to find out uh, where El Mirage is. It's north of us. You just by Adelanto, I think. You just keep driving. Look it up. We'll get to that later. We've got months uh, ahead of us to uh, to check that out. So that's our calendar for the for today. And we're going to head into the news. And uh, last weekend, Roaster Show uh, was on. I went. Did you get Did you get down there, Ricardo? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah. So we both went and we saw and we looked around. Do, should we should we tease the winner or should we just go right into the winner? Uh, I have to say that I have no idea how the judges can come up with a winner because there's so many cars that deserve to be the best car of the show. The yeah, quality- well, they, they give out something like 300 something trophies out there. So it's, it's if you show up, you're going to win like, you know. <laughs> best use of a lug nut on a pre-79 post-72 uh hot rod or something so there's just uh, the the awards thing takes for i was there uh sunday night and uh, the awards thing just <laughs> goes on and on and on before they get to the winner but yes but, you but are all, right but all, only a handful of people and actually only one is the one that, that gets his name in that what is it like nine or ten feet you know, it used to be old, it used to be nine and a half feet, and it keeps they keep adding layers onto it a, as more. I've never win it. seen. Uh, well, I, actually, I've seen something as big as that at the Fangio Museum, but this this trophy is just it's amazing. It's a perpetual trophy where you know every year's winner's uh, name go into it, uh, and that's that's the key. And, and so, so the the yeah the the main category the most prestigious category is called the amber america's most beautiful roadster now traditionally a roadster in this sense means a 1932 high boy or some variation of that and it was a variation of it that won this year usually there are 12 entries in this category sometimes they sort of if they don't get 12 they bring in a couple of fiberglass replicas just to fill out the field to make 12. a couple years ago they had 15 entries in this this year they had nine and uh, there was I when I walked in to the show, I was there Friday, that Friday before the show. And I thought uh, my eye was immediately drawn to this car as the winner. And I even posted on Facebook. I said, I am picking this winner. And, you know, that works some of the time. The rest of the time, mm-hmm. you're just embarrassed and everybody makes fun of you. But this time I was right. The winner was a beautiful 1932 Ford Phaeton built by Brizio. Uh, Roy Brizio, or of course the son of Andy Brizio, uh, this is his third victory there as a builder. The car belongs to Beth and Ross Myers, who have a uh, the three dog garage in Boyertown, Pennsylvania, and this is their car. She, Beth, uh, is listed as the owner of it. Beth had just a regular thirty-two Ford Phaeton, not done up as a uh, as a trophy entry. And she's thought, you know, I like this. Let's make another one, but let's build it to become the to you know to enter in the amber competition and win. And they did. It's a black Phaeton. It's got a convertible soft top on it. It looks a little bit. I don't know. From some angles, it looks like the Monkey Mobile. Uh, from other angles, it looks like uh, well, the roof is kind of like a Monkey Mobile roof, but it's a yeah, black right. car. 
Daryl Hollenbeck did the black paint. Art Himsel, great name from uh, Hot Rodding's past. He did the flames on it. Steve Mole was brought in to do the uh, chassis and suspension. Um, uh, Reyes, I can't remember his first name. He did uh, the pinstriping on it. Uh, there are Indy racing wheels. It's just, a, it's a beautiful car. It's, it's a little bit innovative. It's not a 32 Ford high boy. It's a completely different body. So it, it's a departure from the typical winner of the America's most beautiful roaster at the grand national roaster show. So that was kind of cool. It was parked next to a more or less traditional 32 high boy with beautiful pink paint that was, uh, belonged to Mackenzie. Uh, I'll get the name in a minute. Uh, that, that would have been maybe if there was a second place, I would have said that was uh, a lot of great cars there. There were, but as Ricardo has said, that show has over a thousand cars. And despite the rain, most of the show was indoors. So, you know, rain isn't too much of a factor there. Uh, it uh, has over a thousand cars that you can see typically on years spread over, I believe nine different halls out there at the Fairplex. So they have, they had uh, hot rodders, hot, hot rodders, low riders, uh, street custom, all kinds of cool stuff. I didn't see any rat rods this year. What did you think, uh, Ricardo? Do you have any favorites this year? Now, going back to the winner, um, yep. something that they did is they they did put a 500 horsepower Roush 427 4V8, <laughs> which so which appropriate is, appropriate uh, company uh, builder for the engine yeah. too. So that was that that caught my attention, and just like you mentioned. Um, it was parked right at the entrance, right of the hall. So uh, I, I immediately took some photographs of that car, and I thought, hmm, this car is pretty, pretty nice. You know, just, so just like yourself, I thought this for sure uh, is a little bit different than everything else. So it might have a chance. And, yeah, it, and it did. It, it did stand out. And if you want to see pictures of that, you can go to autoweek.com, of course. And uh, there's just one story about the winner and another big gallery of, I think there are 46 pictures of different cars there that I thought were interesting. So you can check those out. So that was, that was kind of fun. Meanwhile, yes, Ricardo. I was like going to say, the, the, no, the, the other award, um, and I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, who was the founder of Al Sloniker. Al Sloniker was the, the founder uh, of the of the show. Yes, and they have an in award. 1950. Yeah, and and I'm not surprised that this particular car won, because I stare at the car probably the longest than any other vehicle. I was amazed at the interior, how you know the quality, the craftsmanship of the interior with all the leather and a lot, a lot of detail. That it was like, I mean, this could have been a 2024 premium deluxe you know interior car uh, i i was very very impressed uh with this car which was a 1959 chevy impala and and i think it was called the bespoke yeah that's right bespoke uh, done by steve crook creations a very beautiful car very very beautiful car i mean the car itself it's already beautiful when it came out of the factory but with all these paint jobs little touches and that interior it really stand out. It, at least for me, it really really stand out. So I'm not surprised that uh, that it took that that award. Yeah, and they are trying to promote the uh, Al Sloniker Award as something. Hopefully, they think to be equal to the Amber in prestige. Uh, the idea being that they are in direct competition with Detroit's Autorama, which offers the Riddler Award, and that uh, is not constrained like the Amber is constrained to uh, roadsters where you have a, a removable top and uh, two doors and a couple other uh, qualifiers. Uh, the Riddler, you can enter anything and a lot of uh, different body styles and shapes win the Riddler Award in Detroit. And there is something of a debate among hot rodders as to which uh, award is most prestigious. So they are trying to really pump up the Sloniker Award here at the uh, Grand think, National Roadster Show. I think that's... Uh, a very good move by the organizations because that 32-4, it means something very, very special for certain demographic. But a lot of the youth, they, they, it's not that they don't appreciate it, but just they don't get it. It's not the same time when you lift it, right, as to when you're building something. So uh, this other award, it just opens that up just to be creative 
with all different types of automobiles. And and it's just amazing what you see. I mean, there were some things that I was like, you know, that did you think how much time was invested in this car? You know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's years. That's years. Yes, yes. Yeah, they spend yes. years and years. It, it was a, a wide variety of that will certainly let you know. And I'm, I think we did a good job of letting people know that this uh, at the Grand National Rosa show was, in fact, coming to the Fairplex. So uh, it was a great show this year, despite some uh, heavy rain on Sunday. But there was no no real rain on Friday or Saturday. So uh, I was there show. on Saturday afternoon and I was surprised of how many cars drove in. I mean, it was full of cars between the pavilions it was pretty yep. much completely full yeah yeah i went back i was there friday and i went back on sunday i didn't see it, very many cars at all parked and between the buildings so you're good were, you got the good day there on saturday a really good time yeah really okay good. another really good time was out in uh in johnson valley in the high desert there the king of the hammers uh, we have a winner the winner was which uh, there, there are, there's a wonderful family up there that has been participating for years in that. They have uh, three at the moment. It's three brothers who participate, the Gomez family. And uh, the winner this year was J.P. Gomez. Now, get this. This guy started this race in 99th place. Nine, so he had to pass 99 cars. Am I right? Yeah. Pass 99 cars <laughs> to win. Uh, it was just it was a bit of a chaotic race. Uh, speaking to people who were out there, uh, it is uh, there were a lot of penalties, a lot of different. Uh, each car has to have a tracker in it so that you can do live tracking and for any number of reasons, make sure that you don't cut the course, all kinds of things. And they didn't have enough trackers in some of the classes. It was a little bit crazy. Um, and uh, then the first car to finish across the finish line was a Can-Am. So that's a side-by-side and everybody was outraged. This can't possibly be a Can-Am can't win. You know, there are purpose-built cars for the King of the Hammers, and we are not going to, you know, people were, you know, it was faux outrage, which is the best kind, because it turned out that uh, he, there was a little bit of confusion, and this guy in the Can-Am had actually uh, gone on one part of the route where he shouldn't have gone on, and so he got some uh, penalty time assessed, and he was set back, and J.P. Gomez uh, wound up uh, winning on corrected time, uh, given that, and after all the penalties were sorted out, it's taken forever to sort out all the penalties and who actually finished where. But uh, our, our congratulations to the Gomez family. Uh, another, I don't know if it was JP, but, uh, or one of his brothers won only a couple of years ago out there in the desert. It's uh, the hardest off-road race technically because they just bang and bash up these gullies, really steep gullies that they're, the boulders are the size of Volkswagens and they're just driving <laughs> over them. Sometimes they drive over each other to get, uh, you know, they don't, you just gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. So King of the Hammers, congratulations to JP Gomez for an amazing, amazing race out there. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Michelle, you want to tell us about uh, title and pay services, that new thing? Uh, I don't know a thing about it. Oh, somehow well, it got in here. Well, Hemmings, Hemmings just announced that they're going into the business of title and registration. Uh, Hemmings, as most collectors know, it started by Mr. Hemmings himself trying to sell a couple of Fords. Uh, I think it were the T models at that time or the A models. And he started as a newsletter that I think it was a, like four pages. And then through the years, it became pretty much the collector's place to go to check values and see the classified sides all through the 1960s, 70s. I mean, I subscribed for years. And I think the only reason that I stopped subscribing is because maybe I forgot. Now I just remember I haven't seen it. But uh, I, 20 years ago, I used to go through all the ads, you know, just to see values and see what's available. And they still have the printing magazine, which is very, very unusual. But now they figured that there's so many transactions that they're trying to help the collectors. Sometimes when you're trying to buy a car out of an ad and you're in California and the car is in New York, uh, sometimes you need uh, some type of security with the title just to make sure that they have a legal title and that is uh, something that can really be registered. So anyway, so now they're, what they're going to do is facilitate with that. You know, so they're, in a way, they're going to work sort of like an escrow company i don't have a lot of the details but it's uh, i think it's a, it's a good thing and they see opportunity the collector market keeps growing and something that we have noticed is that pretty much 
now we have sort of a 20, 20, 25% of people that are 65 or older, another 25, they are in the mid 40s, but even 25% of people that are under 30 years old buying collector cars. So that's quite interesting. It means that there's still a lot of people with passion that wants to be part of the automotive culture, but just the cars are different. So very, very it's, interesting. That can be daunting trying to uh, register an old car or, or trade change the title. And so Hemmings will now handle that for you, Yes, I guess. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Good. Well, uh, we'll yeah. have to check that out. Uh, Mazda, our Mazda correspondent, our special mm -hmm. Mazda correspondent, in addition to being the Orange County Bureau Chief, uh, Michelle is our Mazda correspondent. Tell us what's new at Mazda, Michelle. Yeah, Mazda just celebrated a big landmark birthday. It's a, a lot of people don't realize this company's been around for a long time. Founded in 1920, so they are celebrating their 104th birthday. Um, and one of the things that they are really... Uh, putting out as far as big news for them uh, that was all over my Rotary Club, uh, you know, forums on the on Facebook was on February 1st, they made an announcement that uh, from the top, the president of Mazda, that the RE, which is the Rotary Engine Development Group, is being reinstated in their powertrain tech department. And they are going to be taking rotary engines to another level for modern applications. And the deal is they want to use them as generators, not as the main power plant, like we saw with the RX-7s and RX-8s. They want to change the technology uh, so that it can be used in another application for uh, the carbon neutral type of vehicles that they want to produce in the future. Uh, they want to have these mass produced, so they are putting engineers on this, and this is a big deal because they they thought that they were never going to, you know, put this stuff back into any kind of application in a mass produced vehicle with the retirement of the RX-8 back in 2012. So uh, they're going to do it. They're going to keep working on it to see what they can do to match it up as a power uh, generator for, say you know, a hybrid system or even in Japan, since their government is, is really committed to fuel cell technology. Uh, we, we might see that end up being the first thing that gets produced, but uh, we'll stay tuned. Is it true that I, I seem to recall that the uh, rotary engine is good running on hydrogen. Uh, it, was there any talk about oh. that here? There wasn't, but I do know that they they uh, have done a lot of experimenting. It, it, it happened after the retirement of the RX-8 in 2012. But what they did was they took an RX-8 and they did adapt the engine to be a uh, fuel cell. And they ran it on, there's a fuel cell highway in, I believe, Norway. And they ran it for like a week and it went great. So, so the yeah. The uh, rotary engine is not dead. Reports of his death were greatly exaggerated. Correct. <laughs> uh, right. By the way, they want people to post on your Instagram page if you have any photos or videos that you want to share of your Mazdas. And they, I think they were kind of looking at vintage. Um, put the hashtag with Mazda in your Instagram posts, and uh, they are going to be collecting those for um, the... 104th anniversary of the founding of Mazda. Well, happy birthday, Mazda. And celebrating its third birthday last weekend, uh, Ricardo <laughs> and I both went there. The Clash of the Coliseum and the Mexico NASCAR Batalla. How was that, Ricardo? Good? La Batalla. La Batalla. <laughs> uh, yeah, we both went there. Michelle was there. We're all three out there. Uh, it was it was quite an event, as uh, if you've read any of this, read my story at AutoWeek.com, by the way. Uh, if you uh, you know that it was an, an unprecedented scheduling for this. Sunday was supposed to be the race. Saturday was supposed to be the qualifying. And originally, NASCAR said, well, we are not going to allow you in for the qualifying. 
and everybody was outraged about that. And they said, okay, you can come in and it's free on Saturday. And then with the rain supposed to deluge on Sunday, NASCAR had to make the decision, okay, we're doing everything on Saturday and it's all free. So NASCAR <laughs> lost their shirts on it. And the fans who did show up, including all three of us, uh, we had a great time for a wonderful race. What do you think, you guys? Oh, it was a fantastic outreach to the Hispanic community in particular with the La, La Batalla uh, fans were uh, very, very excited about that. And I know the race car drivers from the NASCAR Mexico series were also very, very excited because I went to the press conference on Friday uh, and Daniel Suarez was just over the moon. He was the only one uh, that was going to drive both the NASCAR uh, Mexico and the Cup Series cars in the race. Now, he ended up not qualifying for NASCAR Cup competition, but he, he not only qualified for NASCAR Mexico, he took first place. So it was very exciting. Oh, he won the race, right? Yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, Good for guy. the Mexican for the Mexican series, it was an important step because the dream of all the competitors in NASCAR Mexico is to make the the jump to the big league. Meaning, you know, if I win the championship, you know, then I have a chance to to move to to the American NASCAR Cup Series. So, having now a, a race in the United States, it even pumps more the series. So, so that was very very important. Um, as Michelle said, it was a lot of Hispanics uh, in the stands. And also, I think it was very well promoted from the Hispanic side. Uh, there were some uh, music groups uh, present that brought a lot of people. So I, I think they did a very good job. Now, overall, I don't know. I think there was a lot of unfortunate things that happened in terms of the organization of the show, right? Um, and I just thought for people that plan going on Sunday and they had tickets and this and that when they switch things at the last minute it's very tough so it can it, you know it can also backfire I think they did the best they could to save the show uh, but this also to me personally tells me is there going to be a fourth I'm not sure about uh, that. yeah well the the thing is that it was a three-year contract and NASCAR in the past has done other such three-year contracts remember the dirt track at Bristol mm -hmm. And uh, there were a few other things. And at the end of those three years, NASCAR has not, so far, has not extended it to uh, a fourth year or a new contract. But I got to say, man, I had fun. It was like going to uh, Irwindale on, uh, what is it, Friday night or Saturday night when they have, when the season uh, begins and you're just sitting yeah. there in the stand, you're watching lots of great racing. It was, it was yeah. great racing. It was well presented. It was, you could see who was winning, who was not winning. It was entertaining racing. I think what is wrong with this with Southern California? Why they, they could not support a track out in Fontana, as Ricardo said, that is uh, almost completely torn down. They're still part of the grandstand up, but uh, you know we have Irwindale. We uh, it appears that we may or may have already lost the the race at the Coliseum. Why can't Southern California support a racetrack? Come on, man. We still have the Orange Bowl in some. That's Bernadette. true. That's true. Yeah. yeah so is so there is a lot of racing. I just, uh, I think, and forgive me for saying it, but sometimes why can all these organizers work together between Bakersfield, Irwindale, and the Orange uh, and, Bowl and in San Bernardino? Paris, Paris Auto Speedway out there. And, and, well, Paris is dirt. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the, okay, the, the right. NASCAR, right? right? So, I mean, we have three facilities. Why they don't make one championship or work together? It will we work great for everyone for the fans for the competitors for everyone but that's something that i still don't understand why all these promoters cannot work together looking at right. the bigger picture and the bigger picture is we need fans without fans everything dies i actually took one of the nascar officials aside after the friday press conference and i i said i don't want to, i didn't i didn't no. want to say this in front of you know everybody because we're supposed to be focusing on La Battaglia and the cup race. But you know, right? I said to him, I go, you know that Fontana is not going to be on the schedule this year, next year, probably indefinitely. 
So what are you guys thinking? Because you're going to, you're going to have this lapse and you might lose your fans. I said, what is your backup plan? No backup plan. No backup. backup I said, all right, let me pitch this to you. Talk to Irwindale, please see what they can do for you guys. I know it's not up to your standards. Maybe you guys can retrofit, but I'm just going to put this bug in your ear. Can you please talk to some people about Irwindale? You need Southern California and they love NASCAR. I even told him I was at the very last NASCAR race down there in Fontana last February. It was packed. They had no room left. They sold out. So they're missing, you know, a lot of people love it and they want it in Southern California. Yes. Yep. Yep. I hear you, man. I think we're all in agreement. Um, Okay. Let's move on Uh, in the next big uh, set of news. As we all know, Lewis Hamilton, Ricardo, what's going on with him? Every Formula One driver, actually every carter, everyone that starts in carting is thinking someday to get the phone call from Ferrari. So it's not a surprise. And if you have nothing else to prove, why not? Why not? It's uh, the people that get to F3, that's their only dream. The dream is to drive for the Scuderia. And... Not too many people get the phone call. It's not a place where you can bring money and buy a ride. Nope. You know, you have to get the phone call. So if the opportunity arises, it's understandable. I think Luis has nothing else to prove. He has proven that he's, you know, an outstanding champion. And if he has an opportunity to drive a couple of years for Ferrari, eh, I think it's great. I think he does have something left to prove. Uh, he wants to get an eighth championship. He almost got it in that highly controversial finish a few years ago. And I think that's what he has to prove. I think, and he thinks Mercedes is just not going to be able to do it. He thinks maybe Ferrari will make its comeback right when he arrives. I got to think that's optimistic. I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, maybe it, it, you know, it's a chance. It's an opportunity, but I think no F1 driver is going to say no if Ferrari calls. That's right. And uh, Schumacher, (laughs) of course, did the majority of his championships at Ferrari, and then he retired, and then he came back at Mercedes and didn't do much of anything. I don't Did he get a podium? I think he might have gotten one or two podiums. I think he did. I think he did get a podium. And I I think think also he did it for other reasons. Uh, You have to remember that Mercedes-Benz catapulted his career. Right. I mean, Mercedes-Benz was instrumental when he ran the Group C. You know, know, so so it was instrumental for to. That's how he got to F1. You know how how he got to drive that seven up. You know Eddie Jordan, (laughs) Benetton. Remember there was one race wonder, one race. You know with with no clutch. Uh, Mercedes helped him to get there, and I think once he retired. Probably was a nice way to say, I am German. Mercedes-Benz helped me. You know, it's a good way to end the career. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that you should just gracefully ride off into the sunset. But, you know, if, I, I think I think what Hamilton is going to find out. Now, this is a wild, bold prediction, but I think he's not going to do anything at a Ferrari either. And uh, I think Ferrari would be better served to get a younger, promising driver and bring them in rather than how old is Lewis 39 or something. But also we have to look at the commercial side of it and Ferrari, just like Alfa Tauri, just like some other manufacturers are very involved in the high fashion business as well. So when you have someone that combines that, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big plus for the marketing side. Uh, Okay. Yeah, Lewis know. Hamilton was on the cover of Vanity Fair. Don't forget. That was just last year. He does support a number of uh, fashion designers. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know. Some yeah. of the things I've seen him wearing, I I don't know what well, that stuff is. But Mark, we'll give him the clothes. They give him the clothes. What was this? There were a couple of great spoofs of the fashion industry. Zoolander. <laughs> and what was the one with Will Ferrell where he uh, – well, he was in Zoolander, but uh, – Anyway, there, yeah, okay, those I, those I understand. The actual fashion industry, I, I don't, but, and, and that's now taking over Formula One. I don't know what to think, but yeah, we'll, well watch, we'll watch Drive to Survive. Anyway, it, you know, and, and it's also great for the funds, right? Because now 
it's it's another challenge for for Hamilton. And can he really prove it? I mean, it brings a lot of things for, to F1. You know, this change, it's it's very important for Formula One overall. So I, I think it would be great. It is. It's the biggest news out there. Uh, yeah. So, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, Lewis Hamilton was on our cover when he was 12 years old. He was on Auto Week's cover uh, when he was 12. And uh, it was just him. It wasn't like he was in a group picture. It was just him. And we said, you know, next big guy or something. Well, and he turned out to be true. So uh, kudos to him. I, I hope it works out. That would really be something if he got his eighth championship and he got it at Ferrari. That would just show what a great driver he is, what a great champion he is. So yeah. all the best to him. So speaking of fashion, we have a new car out, and Ricardo went all the way to Texas to drive it. Tell us, Ricardo. Actually, I did not have to go to Texas. What? <laughs> no, I didn't. I thought it was in but... Texas. Where was it? Uh, well, but I had the privilege oh, have I have to say <laughs> okay, to, all right. to, to drive this beautiful, um, the new Lexus GX 550. And I have to say, it's just quite, quite, quite a car. Uh, we, we don't have a lot of time, so I want to quickly give you the specs. You know, it's, 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 it's the main thing is that this is a four by four vehicle. And it's sort of a little bit of a departure, I would say of what the Lexus brand has been up to now in terms of SUVs. Uh, this is a vehicle built for the trails. And there is so much technology on the 4x4 package that I will need five or six hours to go in detail. But bottom line, all you need to do is steer. The car will do everything for you. I was very impressed. Um, part of the dealer training for uh for most manufacturers is to experience the vehicle so uh during dealer training they will create obstacle courses and you know you can test and analyze and learn how the system works because that's how you're going to sell the vehicle so i had that opportunity and the engineer showed me pretty much all the specs and we put to test uh all these uh off-road capabilities on parking lots where they build this sort of unusual off-road circuit. But regardless, this new Lexus GS, which is powered by the 3.4 liter V6 twin turbo that puts almost 350 horsepower, uh, it's just outstanding package of 4x4. Things that impress me, that everything is you push a button and you know all the settings get there. Angle, we got this Lexus up to 30 degrees sideways, which it's a lot. And I was told that you could do more, but that would be the safest place where you don't want to uh, to go over that. You mean 30 degrees it's, tilting on tilting, tilting. sideways? 30 sideways, degrees. yeah. Tilting, oh, wow. Tilting. Yeah, which is <laughs> it's pretty scary because you feel like, man, I'm about to roll here. But anyway, we're running out of time. So Perhaps we can, you know, hey, read my uh, GX550 on LA Best. That would be a shortcut to the story because we want to tell you that we really thank you for following us in the social media. Thank you for being us every Saturday. We are at The Car Show on KPFK is our handle on Facebook. Join us here each week, my friends. You're sure to get a smile. KPFK 90.7 FM, The Car Show. We will be back Next week, 1 o'clock, please join us. Don't forget, thank you very much, and we'll see you next week here on The Car Show. If you don't already know about it, it's really time to discover KPFK. KPFK is community radio from Southern California, powered by people like yourself for over six decades now. It's part of the completely unique Pacifica network, and our listeners and sponsors are passionate. 
We've routinely heard them say things like, It is the best source of news that I know of. The main thing that distinguishes Pacifica from the rest of the media landscape is our funding model. Listener sponsorship. It allows us to speak to what really matters in our listeners' lives. Consider becoming a part of this impassioned community by making a pledge today. With your generous continuing support, KPFK is committed to serving the vast and diverse communities of Southern California and beyond. So please, make that pledge now at kpfk.org forward slash donate.